guys so we are back in the suite my name is rich and i'm joined here by my co-host matt hello and uriel what's up guys we are back here been a busy couple weeks we got a a lot going on over at private suite namely uh issue number five dropped uh last week so uh matt you want to give us a little rundown on what we got with issue number five uh well it's it's the mall soft issue looks great articles are amazing Reviews are superb. Go check it out. Cool. You can find that on our website, privatesweetmag.com. Got a new website coming out soon, so uh, you'll you'll uh, look a little bit nicer than what it looks like right now. So it's uh, currently under construction, but definitely go check out issue number five. Got lots of cool stuff in there from different contributors from Private Suite. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, for us today, we're going to kick it off like we normally do. We're going to start off with what are we listening to? You really want to start? Absolutely. I've been listening to a lot of um, Suko G. He's like this video game and anime cover artist. He does it in like this rock, synth rock style, I'd say. He's pretty solid, and despite being from France, he has like a pretty good like uh, singing pronunciation, at least of Japanese and uh, English. Like, it's very weird. Just to hear the disparity <laughs> between him talking and him singing. Weird is good. I think uh, all exactly. of us like all of us like weird. That's kind of why we're here. So, <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, well, Camino eighty four just put out a new album, and I've listened to that one like ten times in two days. Hell yeah! Did you listen to the live the live stream yesterday when he uh, put it up? Actually, no, I didn't. I was uh, I was busy at the time that it was up, so I missed it. But I wasn't too worried about it because it was coming out a few hours later. So. Yeah, it was it was up literally. I think eight minutes after the stream ended is when it was actually <laughs> up on on uh, Bandcamp. So yeah, I I was watching it and uh, listening to it and like patiently waiting for that uh, that album to come up because I needed to get that cassette. Absolutely, yeah. had to get it. Uh, I so, bought the yeah, tape I mean, like I bought the tape just minutes after it was put out. Physicals. What was that? Y'all in your physicals? I'm not. I'm just not a physical person. Like. I only exist in the digital realm. You know, you listen to stuff like 99% of the time, if not even more than that, digitally. There's something about having like that that cassette or that, that physical thing just, you know, available. Especially, you know, there's only 100 of them out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't Especially know. Especially the ones was... that look pretty. I don't know if you've ever seen the Accelerators Hot Wheels movies, but they look kind of <laughs> like those key card accelerator things from them. What does? cassettes like those colored cassettes oh okay like i put them in my uh, cassette deck and it gives it superpowers <laughs> uh, i don't know I, I i never had any cassettes before vaporwave before i got into that kind of stuff and then i started getting them and and i actually just replaced a cassette deck a couple weeks ago with a, a quote-unquote new one that i found at an old shop so um there's a certain feeling you get listening to uh to an old format like that that's pretty cool so i definitely enjoy it Plus, you get to support um, your favorite artists. Exactly. That's true. Say. I'll give you that. Yeah. Although, my favorite thing about cassettes and physical media is that you can get it before it's gone forever. Because once something like music is off the internet, especially obscure stuff, 
it's gone. No one's going to re-upload it. You can't just recreate it with the ones and zeros. Yeah, definitely. You're not going to find a torrent or anything. Not that we're promoting any kind of illegal downloading or anything like that. But <laughs> you're just you're not going to find anything like that. It's you know some obscure artist somewhere. It's it's just not going to happen. So yeah, that is a good point. You have the physical copy, unless you're keeping like archives and backup hard drives and whatnot. You're not going to find that kind of stuff. So plus one for more physical media. Uh, for me, uh, same thing. Camino eighty four. I was waiting patiently all week to get that. Uh, to get that album uh and i was not disappointed it's a great great album Another one i've been that waiting all month <laughs> well yeah when, <laughs> when i saw especially all month i was waiting but this particular week like patiently you know, i sent him a message on twitter i'm like hey when i, I need to know what time that album's dropping because i need to make sure i get the physical copy of it um so i've been listening to that and i got another album i haven't listened to it yet from Bandcamp. uh it was super flat kabuki boogie which again i haven't listened to it yet but i have uh their album that came out last year um midnight ads that was pretty cool pretty unique so i'm pretty stoked to listen to that one as well nice cool oh yeah definitely i actually saw kabuki boogie on uh youtube it's it's pretty good i don't really have much to say about it at the moment (laughs) but it's very good i can just say that just yeah i've listened to a couple like seconds of it and it sounds like real like cool funky kind of stuff so I'm, i'm just i'm excited to listen to it just need to to get around to doing it so something we wanted to talk about uh something that we touched on a, a few episodes ago uh with our uh, yacht rock breakdown we, we talked about like you know genres of music that we listen to outside of vaporwave because i don't i don't think all of us really are only into vaporwave that would be kind of boring to be perfectly honest so we exactly. all listen to other stuff so <laughs> um i went i i talked about yacht rock i'm gonna find out what matt and yuri will listen to aside from from vaporwave so uh one of you matt you're up the bat that rhymes um well (laughs) as we talked about last episode i listened to lots of yacht rock but um other than that i would say indie rock is probably one of my favorites like like uh mac demarco i don't know if boy pablo counts um i've for the past few years i've been a lot in a lot more into smooth music kind of more like relaxing yeah stuff like that uh Tennyson kind of popular been into them since I was a younger version what about you a younger version (laughs) younger I'm not gonna say how old I was younger younger version of of you yeah yeah Yeah. I remember when my mom gave birth to a younger version of me (laughs) Uh, so you're into smooth music. That's smooth, yeah. smooth music, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You don't have any. It could be any kind of smooth music. You're you're well. I up, mean, up for it. There's a point at which music gets like too smooth. But like, yeah. are you like listening to like smooth country or something like that? Like hanging I out in the back of a pickup truck? Cannot you know? listen to country music. Like, <laughs> I don't. You strike, I was me writing, as a pop, you strike me as a pop country kind of guy, Matt. I cannot do country, and pop country <laughs> is literally the worst i was riding in the car with my sister and she turned on to the radio and there was this old song i forget what it was but it was from like the 2000s and it was like a guy singing with a southern accent over a rap beat and i was so confused it sounded so <laughs> horrible I, I don't get how people listen to that stuff oh yeah i mean i like country to an extent but i hate like that bro um uh pop country like florida georgia line oh god 
I mean, that is that is the definition of pop country right there. Yeah, pretty and much. It's like, I mean, you can have like like the classic stuff. You have like George Strait and and Johnny Dwight Cash Yoakam. and stuff like that. Yeah, like like the real actual country stuff. So a lot of the newer stuff is like you know Rascal. Not that's that's new, but like Rascal Flats and like you said, Florida Georgia Line and Luke Bryan. It's all just crap. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And not to offend anyone who listens to it, but I mean, if you do, it's it's a trash music, so you shouldn't listen to it. So, not to offend anybody, but I'm gonna <laughs> offend you. Sorry, not Anyhow, sorry. Anyhow, Uriel, what about you? I listen to a lot of uh, funky dance music, not so much EDM, but like the original style, like disco, funk, um, acid jazz, and one thing I want to touch on in particular is um, house. Mainly stuff like DJ Kawasaki, Hot 22, the upbeat stuff like um, Jamie Lewis, M- Miguel Miggs. All of that stuff is just incredible. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I like put it on. And whenever I'm having a good day, I also put it on because it's just catchy. Everything seems meaningful, meaningful when you hear it. This is like all-purpose music for you. Doesn't oh, yeah, matter. definitely. Like, for instance, yesterday I had a job interview when I was like super nervous and then I played some uh, Soul Searcher, I think is their name. Hmm. And I got it, and I was confident, I was clear, and I didn't get the job, but I played some awesome music. So, <laughs> uh, so then you were feeling whatever, and then you put on some more of that music. Oh, yeah, definitely. There you go. So, where does Vaporwave fit into that? Like, if I feeling... listen to Vaporwave from, as I've mentioned before, uh, Macross 8299. And that was like really funky and poppy. I'm like, where's more of this stuff? Oh my god! I mean, like, so if you're feeling like down, you put on like some of your house music. But if you're feeling like you know in a good mood, you put that on. So like, what feeling do you have to have for like vaporwave? Basically, when I'm like introspective and very like looking at something interesting, like for instance, if I'm reading something because it's informative rather than entertaining, I'm putting on a bunch of uh, vaporwave. Contemplative music. Exactly. Music, music for thinking and, and deep intellectual thoughts. You know that Subaris cover, Deep Blue New Mood or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'm screwing up the syntax. But the point <laughs> is, that's my brain. It's Galaxy Brain. That's it. Cool. All right. Let's keep it moving. So uh, first topic for the day. Uh, Uriel or Matt, one of you want to kick it off? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on it. Visual artists from Vaporwave. Let's talk about that. I hear a lot of people say it's all about the look, which we all know is not true, but they do contribute a fair amount. And the names of the people who do the album covers and paraphernalia for all the Vaporwave artists, they aren't as well known as the artists themselves, even if they're different from said artists. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I was thinking we should discuss... What do you what do you suppose is the impact of the visuals on the music itself? Well, I mean, right off the bat, we've touched on this before on this on this show, but so much of selection of vaporwave, like what you're going to actually look at, you know, either you know paying for it to download and or, mm-hmm. or just straight up listen to, is based off of the album cover. I think more so in this genre than than most other genres, you're going to look at an album cover and see it, and it's going to invoke some sort of emotion or or thoughts that you've had or or memories that you're going to want to go and check it out um for for me that's how i i check out most of the albums if it's got a cool cover i'll 
dig into it more and start listening to it. I listen to a lot of Vaporwave that happens to have a good cover, but turns out to be really bad. I'm not Uh going to name names here, but at least it got my attention and it made me think about the theme in a deeper way, even if I didn't like the music itself. Yeah. Not only that, but I listened to good music hidden behind a shitty cover and I put up with it, but I didn't like it as much as I could have been liking it because the cover on paraphernalia and all that stuff didn't really immerse me into the world. I'm just like, well, time to make a music video that fits or something. Yeah, it's the art. I've said it multiple times. Vaporwave art is is so interesting, and there's there's can be so generic, and it can be so specific, and it. I mean, that's just a general observation of art in general. But uh, you look at a cover like two eight one four, Birth of a New Day, and it's got that purple city view, like overlooking city street. It's it's raining. That album cover to me fits perfectly with that album. Like it can almost envision that scene in my head while listening to that to that album. Whereas some other stuff, it kind of kind of just be random. I don't know. It's I don't know if you have any examples that of, of stuff that wouldn't fit. Stuff that wouldn't fit. I'd say late night stereo. I mean, it's a good cover, but it doesn't exactly fit it. Like, Late Night Stereo is aggressive and weird, but this cover makes it look like it's going to be a bunch of funky jams. Yeah. And then um, you also have to take into account, like, a lot of these visual artists, like, they go credited and stuff, but they never become as famous as the musicians themselves, even if they have, like, a huge impact on the music. Like, I remember reading something about how the color of a particular jawbreaker would affect your taste as well as its name, the appearance of the rapper, stuff like that. I wonder if that can affect it with music. Because I know I'm not going to get like a spicy taste, at least not a huge one, from a blue jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you look at, I think your, your original question is, or something that was brought up, you know, these artists are not as well known as the actual musicians that are making this art, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's not known. So, but I think that's true for most music in general um that you know it's you never look at like a famous album cover and say like oh well yeah that person made that album cover you know it's very rare that you see something like that um so i don't think it's necessarily unique to vaporwave i think though for vaporwave there's so much like importance in the cover art itself there should be more attention drawn to artists like with regular albums it's usually just like a picture of the the singer or whatever it's not it's not like it doesn't set the mood for the whole album it's just kind of there yeah i mean but i mean even across you know mainstream music and, and throughout history you know the the artwork has played a huge role in like defining a certain album i mean the beatles white album you know is an iconic cover despite it not actually having anything it's just literally a white cover um yeah, that's an iconic album cover um the police album with the um like the red, the digital, um, like police scanner digits. Synchronous, no, Ghost in the Machine, Ghost in the yeah, Machine. Yeah, with but they're like altered to make it look like them. With that, like that's an amazing piece of artwork, um, and that artist is, f- you know, fairly well known. Yet I, I couldn't name him, but I, I know that he's, you know, revered in that in the industry for 
his art album artwork. So I don't think it's, again, it's too uncommon for the artist for an album to not be known. The art, the art, album artwork to not be known. That's true. But I mean, Vaporwave has that in like in spades. It's sort of like Dungeon Synth or Prog Rock where you're transported to your mood. And a big part of that is the visuals and like album titling and whatever feelings they give. Speaking of which, musicians, if you're listening, put in like toys and shit with your releases. <laughs> it keeps Ural's attention and, and he needs it to concentrate. What? <laughs> you said put in put in toys to, with your releases. Oh, no, I was just kidding. But uh, yeah, you just he, private he to keep your attention fidget spinners. Exactly. Yeah, vapor <laughs> fidget spinners. Sure, why not? But anyhow, uh, yeah, like it sort of transports you to your world, and to have something tell you there along with the music means you not only not have to go blindfolded and look at something relevant. You can also just stare at it for hours on end. You can look at it without having listened to the music. And you can even sort of have that reminiscent memories, I suppose. Uh-huh. Like when it's time to uh, like think about like how it relates to you, how the story or narrative or whatever gets back into your mind. I'm curious like what percentage of artists don't do their own album artwork. I'd be interested to see that. Well, it's not that hard to make a Vaporwave album cover. I, I know it's not that hard, but I'm curious, like, like, of, like, you know, the major releases that we, we know, that we know of and we see on a regular basis, what percentage of them, of those covers were made by the actual artist on, that that's actually performing? Yeah. One of the leads, the lead graphic designer, Seth, he yeah. sells album covers. Yeah, Seth does quite a bit of work. He does this quite a bit. So he's a friend of the podcast. He was on one episode with us talking about all his design work. Um, but he, he's got a very unique style. So what's our conclusion on this? Like what, what impact does it have? Probably a great deal, like more than people recognize. It's not all the look, but it's a lot bigger than people give it credit for. And they deserve the credit for that. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. All right. Next thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, speaking of Camino 84 and Yacht Rock Breaks 2 that just dropped. So I was watching this this whole week and, and getting ready for it and, and preparing. And there was a post on Reddit uh, basically announcing that it's dropping tomorrow or something like that. And he had commented on that post saying like, oh, I, like, I don't make Vaporwave, but for some reason the vaporwave community has like embraced this and and really enjoys it um which is interesting because like i saw it and just kind of considered it is what it is and and whatnot and kind of fits into our whole like vapor umbrella you know scene um but it got me thinking like what constitutes vaporwave like what what makes a song vaporwave what makes an aesthetic vaporwave makes anything vaporwave for starters, I'm going to exclude everything made with uh, live instruments, especially live acoustic instruments. Okay. Partly because it's based off like synthetics and technology. I mean, sure, in the future we'll probably have something. Maybe I'll even change my definition, but we'll narrow it down from there. But what about so surfing? Mm-hmm. Would you consider that vaporwave? Oh yeah. Okay. To an extent. Okay. 
I mean, they, it's they. That's all live instruments. Oh really? Yeah. Shit. Well, is it at least electric <laughs> instruments? Check uh, me. Electric guitar. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I was going. I guess I remember something Adam Neely said, where it's like music for a movie that doesn't exist. Like it takes you into the score rather than the score of a movie being for the movie. It's an interesting way to put it. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of songs and music out there that are for non-existent films and are designed to set a move that wouldn't quite qualify as Vaporwave. I think Vaporwave is basically that mixed with cyberpunk and a little bit of a, I guess, like the poppy edge of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like... A lot of Vaporwave seems to be based on what mood does it give the average person or what mood is the artist trying to set rather than what is this music? Yeah, it's it's almost like the music is a tool to, to help you get into a certain mindset or have a certain feeling. It's not necessarily meant to tell a story. It's not necessarily meant to convey you know, a specific message, but help you achieve a certain feeling. Yeah, I've always kind of thought of Vaporwave as, like, nostalgic plunder phonics. Like, I think probably the most important part of a Vaporwave song is using other songs. Like, because it kind of started off as the the whole anti-consumerist, anti-capitalist movement. So that was kind of the the plunder phonics aspect. And then there was also the, the nostalgia aspect where you use sounds that were probably... Or that were that were common in like the eighties or nineties and and that kind of, you know, created the nostalgic feel to it. So I think those are probably the two most important parts to a Vaporwave yeah. song. So I mean, with that, you know, found sound that you're looking for, that those those found like nostalgic, you know, sounds from music that you have, to me, something like, you know, Yacht Rock Breaks Two is definitely considered vaporwave i mean that's literally pulling these you know old nostalgic sounds as rare as they might be you know these pulling these kind of unknown tracks or very rare tracks and and mixing them um to me that fits into the vaporwave um the vaporwave definition oh yeah definitely i mean I see a lot of stuff that gets thrown under the umbrella that's sort of like a miscellaneous trend at best or something that's a precursor. And for some reason, I don't consider it Vaporwave, like uh, Witch House or Lo-Fi Hip Hop. I just can't put my finger on what makes it different. Maybe it's because they already fit into established genres of like EDM and Hip Hop, respectively. And Vaporwave is like its own thing or at best more associated with jazz and funk. Yeah, I think like the lo-fi hip-hop thing. I mean, that's that's interesting in itself because I, I can see the parallels between it and I can see how someone could consider it, you know, like a relative of it or, or similar. But at the same time, it's almost like just a simplified version of, you know, a basic hip-hop beat and that's it. You know, there's not much more to it. I, it's almost like it's created to be like background noise. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. I mean, a lot of Vaporwave is listened to with intent, but that's not always, like, the purpose of the artist. Like, they go on for, like, hours at a time. Like, you really think you're supposed to listen to that in one sitting? <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of Vaporwave while I'm doing work or... Well, I 
repair a lot of like techie stuff. So today when I was repairing a Commodore Vic twenty, I was listening to Yacht Rock Breaks. <laughs> it works great, by the way. I'm glad I can sleep easy tonight knowing that. <laughs> oh man, man, that, that just spurred me. Go on. <laughs> Any, anything else to that? Matt? Oh no, it's it's just like really good <laughs> background sound, and I'm really proud of my Commodore. <laughs> okay, good, good. No, I mean, I, I mostly I listen to it um, on my way to work on the train, or you know. Just yeah, I I'm I'm usually not doing anything else while I'm listening to it other than like going somewhere, and that's about it. I I tend to not usually put it on as background noise. Oh yeah, I mean some of the music is definitely meant to be heard upbeat or intently because it's an album experience like News at Eleven or uh, the aforementioned Yacht Rock Jams because it's so upbeat. But even that, that's not... Yacht Rock Breaks, Yacht Rock Breaks, Yacht Rock Breaks. <laughs> I caught myself. Oh, my God. Yacht Rock Breaks. Even even if it's not... I wouldn't even consider it upbeat. I mean, it's it's got that kind of upbeat feeling to it, but I, I wouldn't say that it's upbeat. It's as upbeat as, like, Yacht Rock can get, but yeah. yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. Huh. Anyhow, it's time for the one, the only voicemail. Hey, Private Suite, this is Stu Adib calling from Sagittarius A at the center of the galaxy uh, with a public service announcement. Three days ago, I was in Seattle seeing George Clanton live at a tiny little basement show, and it was dope. I'm urging all of you listening, please, the next time he's on tour, find a city you've always wanted to visit and just go. It's an amazing performance. He gets blissed out on stage, makes these crazy faces. He's lunging around, hurling lyrics at the microphone hurling himself into the audience to mosh, even grabbed my arm, yanked me into a side embrace for a second, and I'm still glowing. So please do yourself a favor and uh, support this amazing artist. Uh, as uh, something of a topic for the uh, podcast this year, where do you guys see uh, live performances going for less traditional performers? You know, someone who's not like your George Clanton or your Young Bay who can just get on stage and do like a DJ set, but someone more like your your waterfront dinings or your telepaths. I personally envision someone renting out some kind of small space and making an art exhibit that 20 and 30-somethings can just listlessly wander through and experience full of props and lights and actors. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think? Later. Bye. First of all, just to, to top it off, uh, yes, we 100% agree. Uh, if you have a chance to go see George Clanton, 100% electronic in concert, you should absolutely go do it. We've talked about it extensively here before. But it's a great show. It's an absolutely great show. Every time I listen to that album, like Slide by George Clanton, I get now, it it's, brings you back. Absolutely go do it. I almost At got to see him play, but the tickets sold out before I could buy them. I was so angry. Too slow, Matt. Uh, that too sucks. Slow. Messed up. To the second part of the voicemail. So the vaporwave concert aspect of it. Now, we've talked about some concerts before. You know, I've I've been to Young Bay, which is Future Funk, and I've been to George Clanton. Um, while I was listening to this voicemail, when I when I first got it and was listening to it, as soon as he asked what 
would a vaporwave concert be? Like what, what could you see it be? The first thing that went to my head was some kind of like alternative setting, almost like a, an art gallery and, and having the art interact in some interact with it in some way like that. And then he went and basically said that exact same thing. So I, for me, like that's exactly what I would see it as. I would see, you know, extending the, the visual aesthetic of maybe even the album artwork or, or just the overall like theme of art that the artist usually works in and extending it into some kind of physical space and having the album art, the, the music interact with it in some way or just kind of extend that physical presence. Oh yeah, I hear you there. Um, to be honest with you, I don't see it 100% as an art gallery. Not only are they expensive to set up, but like all of them, like universally, are the pieces in themselves. The art gallery is like something you're meant to experience. It's not just like a counterpart, life counterpart to uh, art. It's it's the piece. It's the experience itself. Yeah. I don't know how else Completely. to put it. What I think for a more lowdown version is getting like what else Cooper I think used to do was like get actors on stage and have them record the thing or get a VJ and like disc jockey appropriate videos to the music you're playing. Cause like a lot of it is very ambient and some, and even if some of it isn't like the vast majority design to set a mood. Design what? To set a mood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. You said like the VJs are like the visual aspect to it. Um, at, like young bass shows he's got a like a screen behind him like playing this like these different clips of uh just random stuff could be like old ads or like anime snippets and stuff like that and it's just got it, it creates like a visual aspect of it but even then that's still that's still like an an audio experience that's still um, oh yeah I, I, that's not like a gallery it's i wouldn't consider that like a a visual show that's definitely more of a a concert um, I think for vaporwave purposes, um, unless you're doing something more in the future funk or gravitating more towards the mainstream mainstream side of things, it, it's got to be more interactive in a way other than dancing. Yeah, I guess there's like VR. What I was thinking about of you know, you ever heard of Escape the Room? Like, hear me out. Hear me out. Basically, imagine that instead of you're trying, instead of escaping the room, you just have one single room that's decorated, specified to the artist in the album. Occasionally, you might have like some visuals that change, I guess. And it fits into the album's theme, and you listen to it in the background, and you just enjoy it in that room, maybe make small talk, stuff like that. So you just put like a dozen people in a room and just listen to the album? Well, maybe more ideally, but yeah, yeah, we could go with that. I mean, well, I think of like escape rooms, like, you know, a handful of people. It's a smaller uh, group collaborative act- activity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I probably should have used a better metaphor, like uh, <laughs> children's museums. Like they have like those weird rooms that are interactive, but only for that room. Yeah. Unless you're talking like you're going to lock them in like a concert hall. Like here's like 2000 people and then turn the lights off, lock the key here. Listen to this. Don't come out until you're done. Uh, that is called a uh, felony. In violation of fire code, I'm pretty sure. An escape room that you can never escape. <laughs> this is your life now. You now live <laughs> in the in this album, in this room. That's it. Hope you brought snacks. 
Imagine having to listen to one album for the rest of your life. I if, would just if, burn if, all the music I could onto one album and like have that be the one album. No, but you have to choose one. You can't make one. What album would you pick if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life? That's easy. so tough. Just I easy. would just really? like get yes, because I would like cut my losses. You know what? No more music ever. I'm just gonna get a white noise album. What kind no, of white but you noise? You have you have to listen to it like, like yeah. once a day. White noise for the is rest like very listenable. You ever heard of it? Yeah. Like literally, a, like, just like, like a babbling, like a babbling brook or something like that, or like nature sounds. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you could just like fall asleep to that. That's cheating. All right, what if, fine, what, fine. What if it was fine. actually music? Like you have to like get like, you know, music. That's a tough one. Shoot. Just choose a really, really long one. That way, it won't get. All old. right. Um. Virtual Tapestry by Shader. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I've already listened to Mac DeMarco still beating like five hundred times, so a few million more couldn't hurt. <laughs> Basically, eternity already. So. Yep. Uh, I have no idea what I would pick for that. I mean, I almost feel like it'd have to go to like something that's more, you know, not obviously not white noise, but like less like offensive to like any kind of senses, like almost like a classical album or something like that. I don't know. It would be tough to even pick something like that. Really? I was going to go with uh, extra tone. Why is that? Because you like cram all those beats on there. I mean, how could you go wrong with Gabber, Footwork, all of that stuff? Just like... I want to that all day. What? I'll become a real man just like listening to that. Just like get like Dragon Force or something like that. Through the Fire and Flames just on repeat for eternity. Or a Meshuggah, like the heaviest metal I can think of. <laughs> that would get old fast. Uh, well, hopefully none of us ever have to make the decision to have to listen to one album for the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would suck. Yeah, I don't want a message from either of you saying like, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm stuck with <laughs> this for the rest of my life. Can't make it today. Uh, yeah. I mean, nobody would do that. I mean, there are like serial killers out there and they would think, you know, that's a little too extreme. Okay, that's a bit of bit rude. Matt, are you sure you wouldn't you wouldn't pick like pop country for your album, like Florida Georgia Line or something? I already told you I did not like country. <laughs> at I think all. you would just kill yourself if you had to like, I would, listen to it. I wouldn't like, have over to over kill over. myself. I would already be dead. <laughs> oh man. Well, again, right. apologies to any pop country people, but not really. So. All right, we have anything else for today? I think I'm good. Let's uh, head to the closer. Head to the closer. So uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Private Suite Magazine issue number five is now available. Uh, you can check it out at privatesuitemag.com. If you want to check us out on social media, uh, you can find us for the podcast uh, at Private Suite Pod on Twitter, at Private Suite Mag for the magazine on Twitter, Instagram at Private Suite Mag, facebook.com slash private suite mag and of course patreon.com slash private suite mag you guys have anything else before we uh sign off for the day we are out i'm good cool all right guys we call us oh don't forget the vapor voicemail line a private suite hotline 
Uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, 412-44-VAPOR is the number. Leave us a voicemail and uh, we'll maybe play it on the episode just like we did today. So thank you for reminding me of that. I don't know how I've forgotten <laughs> that, but uh, that's why I guess we keep you around, Matt. It's good to <laughs> good to have you to remind us. So I will always remember. <laughs> All right. Uh, until next time, guys, uh, take it easy. Later. Peace. Thank you.